Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> If you've got a podcast, a small business, or even an evil brotherhood of dastardly dentists, did you know that you can advertise it here on The Other Stories? We've got a number of packages available, and if you're looking to get your business or project in the years of over 10,000 listeners for a single episode, or if you prefer to sponsor a whole theme, more like 50,000 listeners, then get in touch via our website, theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Today's episode of The Other Stories is The Post, written by Jesse Krenzel and narrated by Persephone Rose. In his dream, Marine Lieutenant Avery Dalton is back on Earth. He's a child again, walking with his father in the golden warmth of a sunlit meadow. The air is fresh and new among the tall green grass that sparkles with dewdrops. Ahead, At the edge of the clearing, a stream trickles among rocks beneath a copse of trees. A shifting patch of shade there, below the swaying branches, grows ominous. It trembles and grows darker. Then it oozes out from beneath the trees and floats across open ground toward the Daltons. Grass shrivels to dead brown curls as it passes. Father's hand tightens on his, and Dalton feels the coarse, warm calluses soften and grow cold and damp. He looks up to his father's shadowed face and sees two glowing reptilian eyes peering back at him. The dad thing hisses and... 
Dalton woke and bolted up from the dirty cot and stumbled to a metal table in the middle of a small, dark room. With his heart thumping in his chest, he struggled for breath in the thin air of Triton Three and tried to sort dream from reality. He was back in the abandoned miner's shack, a small metal Quonset hut made of rippled steel panels. It stank of sweat and the dust he'd stirred with his panicked movement. Near the window, a shadowed figure moved. Dalton reached for his sidearm, but the holster was empty. They got into your head, didn't they? said the figure. Where's my pistol? said Dalton, calming a little now that he recognized the dull, raspy voice of Private Bullcrane. On the table, under the paper. I took it when you dozed off. Didn't want another shooting. Dalton picked up the pulse pistol and felt reassured by its familiar grip and weight. Don't ever touch my gun again. You're not in command here. Crane rubbed the crop of graying stubble on his burn-scarred cheek and looked around the dirty shack. Command. Okay, Lieutenant. What are your orders, sir? You mean like that, Dalton? Dalton holstered his weapon and strode over to the open window where the muscular Crane stood watch. He didn't like being so close to Crane, whose heavy frame dwarfed his own slight build. Outside, the evening temperature remained warm. In the twilight, the barren landscape of Triton III had the color of scorched aluminum. A line of a hundred-meter-high pinnacles of grotesque twisted rock jutted from the gray sand like the exposed fingers of some gigantic buried creature. Crane stuffed a piece of chewing gum into his mouth. They get in your head when you sleep. That's what they do, like with Wickham. He nodded toward the disabled lander a hundred meters downslope. The lander's white skin looked ghost-like among the gray dunes, too distant to show the jagged holes torn by Wickham's machine pistol. Dalton told himself again that it wasn't his fault. No one had warned the Marines about the danger of sleeping on this planet. Both squads had still been in their rescue landers analyzing the atmosphere when it happened, when... Private Peter Wickham woke screaming and emptied a full magazine into the rest of his squad. Now the dead lander looked more like a pale tombstone than a coffin for the six slain marines sealed within. They're glowing like crazy up at the mine, said Crane. I think they're getting ready to make their move. Crane was always too quick to pull the trigger, but Dalton saw the signs too. An eerie yellow glow on the distant pinnacles danced with shadows of movement. The command ship's science officer had described the Triton III's amets as shy and docile bioluminescent reptiles. Tell that to the twelve disappeared miners the Federation had left here to prospect for minerals. An outright lie or deadly negligence? It didn't matter now. The cattle-sized lizards turned out to have morbid telepathic powers that the scientists had somehow missed or hidden. Anyone could be bought with the mineral wealth on this planet, and marines were expendable. Any word from command? asked Dalton. Crane looked at him in disbelief and scoffed. <laughs> yeah, sure. The captain called and said she'd send down a couple of hookers and a case of beer. What do you think? Did you hail the command ship or not? Yeah, I hailed them. Every ten minutes I hailed them while you were in dreamland. 
Dalton turned on the transmitter. Command ship, this is Mining Camp Alpha. Do you read? Command ship, do you read? The radio hissed with dead air. Must be over the horizon, said Dalton, checking his watch. Crane snapped the slide on his pulse rifle. They're gone, man. They left orbit. No, they didn't. That's not the way we do things. Who's we, Dalton? You got worms? Planetary marines don't leave soldiers behind. Well, lieutenant, they're gone. And we're not. Exactly how is that not left behind? They're coming back. When they get the wounded stabilized on the command ship, they'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, right. With the beer and the hookers. Crane raised the rifle and scanned the terrain with the scope. They'll be back all right, Dalton said, more to himself than to Crane. They can't leave the system without the infinitum. Crane looked at him. What? But Dalton had said all he wanted. Crane didn't need to know the rest of it. That the captain had left the miner's incredible cache of pure infinitum behind when she'd evac'd the wounded. Crane lowered the rifle. What did you say about the infinitum? You know, Crane, we wouldn't have to worry about the locals if you hadn't opened fire on them. The miners were here for a year without incident. Then you came. So you think I started this? What is with you, Dalton? How many people have to die before you get it? Those miners didn't just evaporate. The lizards ate them. And when we got here, they went into Wickham's head and made him kill his own with some kind of alien mindfuck. They're out there, those slimy things crawling around in the rocks, all yellow and shining. Dalton looked at him. You don't know what happened to the miners. You're no scientist or judge or general to decide who lives or dies. Hey, I might not be the sharpest knife in the armory, but I know my job. We came for the infinitum. Mission accomplished. So quit whining about a few bleeding glow sticks. Crane stiffened and raised the rifle to his cheek. Movement on the right. He pointed to a pinnacle fifty meters away. Three of them. They're going for high ground. I can take them out. No. No more shooting unless we're attacked. Let's not piss them off anymore. Crane glanced at him. If they come in force, it's all over, you know. So what? You want to surrender? Want to walk out there and tell those things you're sorry for slaughtering their welcome committee? No, I want a perimeter that I can defend, not this. Crane kicked the wall of the shelter, denting the thin metal with the toe of his boot. Dalton struggled to find his command voice. This is our post, Private. This is what we defend. They'll tear the place apart, said Crane. He pointed out the window. We could climb that peak over there, right to the top. If they come at us, it'll be one or two at a time. We could pick them off easy like a video game. Pop, pop, he said, gesturing with his fingers that bordered the trail to the mine. I think they're coming. The rock formations grew brighter, shimmering against the gray-black twilight with the movement of more unfocused shadows. Dalton thought he heard them a thousand whispers and hisses in the back of his head that sounded like radio static. Crane shouldered his rifle and aimed it out the window. Oh man, they are definitely coming. We gotta get to the peak now. 
Dalton, you hear me? We can't go. What? We can't carry the Infinitum up the peak, and we can't leave it. Crane looked confused. What Infinitum? Dalton pointed at the footlocker under the table. Crane looked down at it. You think the captain left 50 kilos of pure infinitum behind with a screw-up like you? Dalton returned to the table. You didn't need to know. Outside, the night air filled with the sound of movement. A thousand clawed feet picked their way through the rocks and sand. Dalton switched on the transmitter and locked it. In fact, you don't know anything, Private Crane, except for killing. We're going to defend the Infinitum, here. He imagined Senator James Dalton listening to an archived recording of this audio months from now, realizing how wrong he'd been about his son. Crane turned on him. Come on, Dalton, think about it. Lander 1 was damaged on landing, right? Why would the captain risk leaving the Infinitum behind for a second landing she might not be able to make? There wasn't enough room. There was without us. No, it's here, in that trunk. The captain said so. Jesus, Dalton. She only said that so you'd give up your seat. It was in that body bag they took with them. That's a lie. You didn't wonder why she took a body instead of you or me? She's coming back for us and the Infinitum. Crane checked the window again, then put down his rifle and reached for the footlocker. Man, we do not have time for this. Dalton felt dizzy. The possibility that he and Crane had been abandoned here was too much to bear. The static in his head was louder now, resolving into distant growls and hisses. Don't touch that, he shouted. But Crane slid the footlocker easily from beneath the table. Feels pretty light, dude he said in a mocking sing-song voice. Leave it be! I'm warning you! Crane lifted the locker chest high and shook it. Man, this thing is empty! Something boomed against the side of the hut. Another object struck from above. Something soft and heavy that slid down the arced roof as sharp claws dug at its seams and rivets. More bodies struck the shelter like raining sandbags. The ceiling and walls bent inward deforming more with each strike. Long black claws picked and scratched at the metal, working their way into seams and cracks, tearing jagged holes in the sheathing. Shafts of yellow light stabbed through the holes and danced in the rising dust. Crane dropped the footlocker and reached for his rifle. A claw shot through the open window and skewered his shoulder like a fishhook. It pulled him, screaming, toward the lit window. Dalton seized the fallen pulse rifle and struggled to release the safety. Crane tried to grab hold of the window frame to keep from being drawn out. His eyes were wide and frantic, his screams like hot steel blades shredding Dalton's eardrums. Dalton felt the safety latch release. He pointed the rifle and squeezed the trigger on full automatic. Crane's body came apart in a flurry of scarlet bursts as the creature pulled his torso out the window. The screaming voices in Dalton's head melded with the shriek of tearing metal. He dropped the rifle and collapsed onto the empty footlocker, covering his ears until the walls and the roof gave way to the silence and the golden warmth of a sunlit meadow back on Earth. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The post was written by Jesse Krenzel narrated by Persephone Rose, 
edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Mayu and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Persephone Rose plans to live long enough with the help of cybernetic augmentations to travel to the stars and make extraterrestrial friends. When she isn't performing satanic rituals, she scrapes by as a writer and voice actor of things that are not always for the faint of heart. A quick note on the story. The post was previously published in the Santa Barbara Literary Journal, number 3, in 2019. So be sure to check that out. We're currently on the hunt for new stories to tell. So if you're a writer and you've got a laptop, keyboard, computer and fingers, then get in touch over at theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. There you can check out our themes and submission guidelines. We're looking for stories under the themes of video games, cults, surgery, superheroes, Victorian England and metamorphosis. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club and writing exercises over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver t-shirts mugs posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and if you'd like to get into the podcasting game yourself we offer lessons and services at theotherstories.net forward slash services the other stories is a production of the story studio hawk and cleaver and is brought to you with a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license that means don't change it don't sell it but by all means share the hell out of it so until next time small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.